Hi everyone. Welcome to episode 64 of the Because Why Not podcast. And thank you for being here today. I hope you are doing well and that you're starting to feel spring come to wherever you are. And as always, I'm just grateful for you being here. And if you would, I would so appreciate you leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts and sharing this with someone you think might benefit. Um, just love doing this podcast for you all to share my tips and tricks and real stories from things I'm experiencing and learning so that you can hopefully apply them to your real life. So enjoy the episode today and make it a great one. Bye. Hi, everybody. How are you? It is a beautiful day here in North Carolina. It's going to be in the 70s, and I'm really feeling like spring has sprung. I'm sitting in my favorite velvet chair by the window. You can hear it crunch. Um, Looking out the window onto the forest, um, which is my view outside the back of our house. It's beautiful. There are still no leaves on the trees, of course, but just the blue sky and the sunshine is so uplifting, and I hope you are feeling spring come your way wherever you are too. I got my COVID vaccine yesterday. And for those of you who keep up with me on Instagram at I am Grace Beeson, you may have seen that I was super emotional about it. Um, I really just, yeah, felt really emotional, felt like I couldn't kind of stop crying or feeling like I was going to burst into an ugly cry, although I had to hold it together because I had work to do. Um, But I just felt so deep. I felt deep gratitude. I felt so deeply grateful. I felt so happy. I felt so just all of it. I mean, I just, it was so overwhelming and moving going to that center where all these people were getting vaccinations and just really thinking about how this is happening and things are looking up after this um, year and the horror of what so many people have experienced. Um, so the other thing I want to say is that even up till a week ago, I felt like a person who didn't know when in the world I would be able to get one. And the more research I did and the more people shared information with me, it came clear that there are all of these lists of places where you can go to get the vaccines that, um, they are throwing out. So I have friends who are driving a couple of hours to get them. You can also show up to Walgreens at the end of the day and get vaccines that they're throwing out. So just be really curious about it. Be open. If it's something that you are ready to do, which I hope that it is, it is certainly a public service. And while we're all broken into different tiers of people who are eligible, um, getting the vaccine, if even if you're not in one of the eligible tiers, especially if it's one that's going to be thrown out, is really an act of service. It's an act of kindness, and is it is for the collective. It is for the greater good. I feel that wholeheartedly. So we are all in this together still, um, but you know there are just there are so many vaccines available. So go out and get one y'all. I mean, it was really emotional. I feel so happy. I felt like it was Christmas times a million and really am feeling the tides turning. Um, and I hope that you are too, you know? Um, so I want to talk to you today about kind of the self and about showing up for yourself. Um, 
This is a common theme. It's certainly something that I talked about last week in my podcast about being two years alcohol free, which became very emotional for me, as I'm sure you can understand. It was a big milestone. It's a big moment in my life. I was so thankful to be, you know, just experiencing that and also it felt so emotional to share it with you and, you know, in my podcast, since I began this whole thing two years ago with episode one on my sober curiosity, right? So, but all that to say that I touched on in talking about removing alcohol from my life, I talked a lot about, um, this notion of showing up for myself and, you know, what I've been thinking a lot about is not just the relationship with self and showing up for oneself, but also, but also about the betrayal of self and what that means. So what brought this up for me specifically is that, um, as I grow my coaching and focus in on this group of people specifically that I'm helping and reaching and trying to reach more of who are busy moms, also busy women. Um, you know, I know there are women out there listening and appreciating this who are not moms, but who, um, can really benefit from these messages. Um, and I love that. And I thank you for being here and, you know, not having children doesn't make you, um, less than in any way. It doesn't preclude you from benefiting from these messages or being able to apply them to your own life. So I want to make that really, really clear. However, as I grow my online business, um, it's important that I focus on a certain group and that has come down through the filter, through the sieve to being busy working moms. Um, and uh, certainly women of a certain age, because that's what I am. But gosh, I hope these messages resonate with so many more people than just uh, 44-year-old women um, with children. Um, You know, I, I hope it resonates with a lot of women and people. But all that to say that someone in talking to me about my coaching and sort of the direction I'm going in, Um, brought up this idea to me of focusing more on um, relationship coaching and on coaching people about their love relationships. So, you know, I was a wedding and event planner for over 20 years. It's still something that is a ribbon that flows through my life. It's trickling through my life. I do have a handful of weddings this year that I'm finishing up. Um, That's actually how I was able to get a vaccine because in North Carolina, I'm part of tier three as an essential worker event planner working with crowds of people. So I'm very thankful for that. But, um, You know, having worked with uh, people for over 20 years in that capacity, I've gotten to learn so much about relationships and about the dynamics between people and families. And I've said before on this podcast that it's working with people in that way, planning weddings and getting so involved with families and um, the dynamics between, you know, mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and fathers and daughters and um, brides and grooms and brides and brides and grooms and grooms and all of it. Um, Ultimately, 
that and also inherently who I am and the way I relate to people and my life experiences and how I've moved through life have brought me to this point of coaching. They brought me to wanting to do more along with this huge change I made of removing alcohol and the spiritual journey that it sent me on like wildfire. Right. So someone brought to me this idea of like, and, and it wasn't the first person many people have said, and I myself have considered, you know, you might consider coaching people on their love relationships because you have so much experience with that sort of thing, planning weddings. Um, and also too, I've been married for 16 years. We have a hard fought, really strong relationship that we continue to work on, um, you know, I have a lot of experience in, I guess, in the category of relationships, of love relationships, of partnerships in this way. Um, and it's funny because as I began my coaching, it is something that I considered a lot, you know, coaching people around their weddings, um, you know, you know, coaching couples about moving forward in their lives in a powerful way in their relationship, all this stuff. So recently when someone brought it up to me, it's so interesting because it gave me this sort of discomfort inside of me. And I was like, why is that making me feel so uncomfortable that someone is suggesting that I coach about love relationships? Because it's such an important thing, right? Like it's a hugely important subject. And I do feel like I have a lot of experience from, you know, the the 18 years of this relationship that I'm in and all the work that we have done together and individually. Um, and from my 20 year career working with couples, but it gave me this uncomfortable feeling. It was like this real visceral reaction. And I felt resistance, which is something we talk a lot about in coaching. Um, and actually we talk a lot about it in sort of the law of attraction language of, um, when you feel resistance, you're pushing against something, you know, you're out of flow. You are not in alignment. It feels wrong. That's really what it is. It feels uncomfortable. It feels, um, out of sync, out of alignment. So that's what I started to feel. And I was like, this is so interesting because this person is, um, someone who, um, I'm seeking guidance from who's a mentor, you know, who's a coach, who's, um, guiding me, helping me find my way, um, as a coach, which has been incredibly helpful, um, helpful guidance. You know, we all need guidance in whatever we're doing, no matter how, you know, how new we are at it or how long we've been doing it for. We always learn from people who, who have come before us. Right. So I, I was like, God, I'm feeling such resistance to this recommendation or this suggestion. Why is that? What does that mean? So what came up for me, I kind of sat quietly with it and I, and I realized almost instantaneously, like, no, no, my work is not about one's love relationship or the relationship with another. It is all about the relationship with self and of strengthening the relationship with self and of coming back to oneself, of returning to oneself after you have strayed from yourself or gone away. Um, the process is about returning home to you 
And that when you may have experienced a betrayal of self, which I'll get more into, that you want to come back to you and to the relationship with you and strengthen that. So that came up for me so, so, so clearly. My work is about the relationship with self. Ironically, if you go through my Instagram, let's just say on the topic of social media, that has been a thread throughout all of it for so long is this idea of self-love and self-care and um, loving yourself first. And, um, you know, the, the concept and the even the wording of self-love can be so um, unpalatable for certain people and so sort of cringeworthy. It's like it really can cause people to roll their eyes and be like, you know, I'm gagging. I'm throwing up in my mouth. I don't want to hear about that. It's disgusting. It's um, or not disgusting. It's like, ew, like what? I don't like that. You know, I've I've heard so many people say that, you know. They've even joked like, well, when you say self-love, it immediately makes me think of like, you know, self-love. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a sex therapist or a sex coach. So that's not what I'm referring to, but, and that's all good. But like, it's the, it's really the notion of, um, focusing on yourself and caring for yourself and, um, the wording can put some people off, you know, especially if they're not in this sort of more, um, uh, spiritual realm or, and that's also something that is not right for everyone to talk about spirituality, but it's, if you haven't done any sort of personal development or personal growth work and you're not comfortable with this language, it could put you off. So I've been mindful about that, about not talking all the time, nonstop about self-love because it can put people off, but about shifting into this notion of not just self-care, but about prioritizing yourself and about turning the attention from all the other people in your life who you love and who you prioritize, who you put at the top of the list and making it so that you are putting yourself at the top of the list too. And not just recognizing that you're equally as important By the way, if not more, especially if you are a mom who's driving the bus, steering the ship, you are the captain, you are the cruise director, you are the camp counselor, you are the CEO, you are the CFO. I mean, some of you may be doing all the things. So, you know, you may be even more important to be at the top of the list. So this notion of prioritizing yourself, putting yourself back at the top of the list instead of putting everyone else at the top of the list and doing that mindfully, which means in a way that is present, that you are aware of, where you are not feeling guilt about it, where you are not doubting yourself, where you are fully in your self-worth about it. I am worthy. I am worthy of this time. I am worthy of being cared for. I am worthy of being loved, not just by everyone else, but by myself. I am worthy of um, time and attention. I am worthy of doing things that make me feel good, whether it's hobbies, whether it's trips away, whether it's time with my friends, whether it's spending money on myself for therapy, acupuncture, massage, whatever it is that makes you feel good. I mean, all this kind of stuff. 
And so the missing link in this is that, you know, all women by and large, busy working moms, let's just say just this group are really, really, really struggling to put themselves on the list without guilt to be willing to make time to prioritize themselves. It's all sort of shrouded in this belief that, um, I don't have the time. Um, and that if I do have the time, that time ought to be for my children, my husband, my dog, my house, my work, everything, everyone else than just me. And the missing link between the pain that you are feeling and the solution of offering yourself this time, attention, love, and care is this sense of worth and this willingness to release guilt that you feel. It is all about bridging the gap between where you are and where you want to be and how we do that rapidly, quickly, powerfully, and in a way that is efficient and sustainable is about doing this work where we work on and recognize your own self-worth and tap into that along with its best friend, willingness. So worth and willingness. Does that make sense? It's not something that is intuitive for moms. That's what I'm learning. So it's easy for me to say, Hey, you need to take time for yourself. You need to love yourself. You deserve this. You got to just make time, you know, and I have this whole thing I've been doing a lot of focus on about 21 minutes for mom, 21 minutes for mindful. What is that? It's about that you only need at the very bare minimum, 21 minutes. That's the number I've chosen because I found that it works to give to yourself, whether it be for exercise, for meditation, a combination of the two, um, a walk outside, fresh air, a good conversation, something that is completely focused on you. You only need that 21 minutes as a minimum to bring yourself from a place of feeling more overwhelmed, feeling downtrodden, toxic. Uh, incapable of communicating without yelling, all those sorts of things to get to a place of being more mindful. What does that mean? More powerful, more connected, more present, Um, not judging yourself, not judging others, not like your lid is going to flip. Um, so ideally it would be more than 21 minutes a day. It would be 30, maybe it would be 45, maybe it would be an hour. You know, for me, it tends to be a combination of like a 10 to 15 minute quiet meditation in my room. When I wake up in the morning before I see anyone. And let me tell you guys something I not at the very beginning, I scoffed about meditation. Then I was like, this is too hard, right? And something like meditation to think about it as hard is counterintuitive. How's that going to work? Then I was like, everyone talks about it. Everyone talks about how great it is. There must be something to it. I'm going to give it a go. Then I did it inconsistently for a long time. Then I finally bought myself the Calm app, which I highly recommend. And 
I started doing it every morning and I have noticed the difference in myself in spades. So everything that I'm suggesting you do, everything that I'm preaching, I am actively doing. I'm doing this alongside with you. I have done about 80 meditations since I got the app at the end of December. And let me tell you how less, how much less I've yelled in the last two months. It really works for calming the mind, calming the body, the soul, the heart, the spirit. It also gives you the silence that you need to truly, I mean, I know this is the woo-woo language, but to raise your vibrations, what does that mean? That means to get to a higher plane of energy to really actually feel better. Raising your vibes is like a real thing. Like we're made of energy and we've got to protect our energy. And when we get quiet and meditate, we raise our vibes. Um, so I know that can be hard for some people to swallow along with the term self-love and spiritual growth. But, um, you know, I love this stuff and I'm sharing it with you because I want you to be able to put it to use. So meditation allows you to get quiet, to go inward. And as you get better at it, to remove the noise from your mind and to allow for things to come in that you're not thinking about, you're not trying to think about, to conjure up, to work on, to solve. It allows things to show up. And you wouldn't believe the things that you are able to work through and solve without even knowing that you are. I mean, it is secret sauce, guys. It is secret sauce. And you can do five to 10 minutes a day. You can do it in your car. You know how I feel about the car, my car office, my car fist. You can do that there. So coming on back, because you know I can get on a tangent. My day usually starts now or does start with five to 10 minutes. Maybe now I'm working up to 15. Haven't yet done 20 consistently, but meditation. And then I do at least a 30 minute workout. Um, Sometimes I do 20 minutes where I just like jump and dance and sweat profusely um, just for those 20 minutes. You know, that's all I have before I take the boys to school or after I take them to school before I go to the next thing. Um, And the 20 minutes of sweating is amazing. Um, I've shared with you, I think that I'm obsessed with this exercise, um, class called the class, which started in New York by this woman, Taryn Toomey. And I heard her in an interview on goop, um, like years ago, but it was only in New York. And now of course it's online and, um, uh, I stream it almost probably five days a week. Thank you to my dear friend, Vandy, for turning me on to this. I mean, it's life-changing and it is full mind, body, spirit. I mean, we laugh because it's like you're dancing like you're at a widespread panic or Grateful Dead show. Like any of you who can bring yourselves back to the 90s, I'm at Red Rocks in like a long flowered skirt, like dancing and spinning. It's amazing. And you're like jumping and shaking. But there's also this element of um, releasing sound and almost like like heavy breathing, but also moaning. And I know it sounds crazy, but if you can do it alone, it is such a release. Even if you don't do this particular class, um, God, the moaning's amazing. And what it comes back to for me is, uh, 
the work I did with midwives with my second baby um, and the power of the breath and of moaning. And let me tell you, that got me through a natural childbirth of a 10-pound baby, that guttural moaning like I was an animal. I felt like a cow. I think I looked one liked one too, but that that that's okay. I mean, giving birth is no joke, but that moaning is so powerful. It is such a release. So again, my morning meditation, exercise, you know, and then very often I'll give myself another hour if I can, whether it's like a little bit of a walk outside or certainly like listening to a podcast, you know, how I consume podcasts for learning. Um, I love podcasts for laughing, although I have to say I've been doing a lot of consumption of more kind of junky stuff um, lately. I mean, listen, not to disparage Bravo or any of the hilarious podcasts I listen to. I don't want to just call them junk, but I really thought that they were like filling me up. And then I realized that ultimately I needed more. Like it wasn't necessarily depleting me, but it wasn't like the stuff I needed to fill me up. It was more, I use that stuff more to like totally get out of my head and be like, I'm just going to check out and listen to something ridiculous. But then sometimes it feels like it's not time well spent in a world where I have, um, you know, my hours and my minutes are so carefully planned. I'm sharing all of this with you with many tangents as per usual to say that you have to be so conscientious and mindful about the way that you spend your time during your day for yourself when you're busy, but the time exists and there is this willingness that comes into play, um, to give yourself this time. So back to the notion that, While women and busy moms identify with the idea that they are busy and overwhelmed and that they would feel better or feel more calm or feel greater inner peace if they were to offer themselves more time and attention, they don't understand, you don't understand that the missing link is about this sense of self-worth, about understanding and really feeling that you are worthy of the time and attention and self-care, self-love, prioritization, being at the top of the list, and that you've got to be willing to offer that to you. Um, and, you know, also coming around to this idea that, that greater inner peace can be found and achieved by prioritizing yourself. So that's something that is also not intuitive for moms and busy moms and busy women. And I want to say that again, because this is like the, oh, I just had a vision of like a beautiful gem. Like this is the gem that's at the base and the heart and the foundation of the work that I am doing is helping busy working moms understand That a greater sense of inner peace is found in prioritizing themselves. You will feel more at peace. You will feel better. You will move more powerfully through your life. You will feel more connected. You will feel more fulfilled. And by extension, you'll be happier. And so will the people you love the most in your life be happier because you have prioritized yourself, because you have put yourself at the top of the list, 
because you have acknowledged and stepped into your worthiness, become willing to put yourself at the top of the list and you're making moves, you're doing it, even if it's hard, even if it doesn't come naturally. You've got to do a little bit every day with this and it becomes more and more natural to you. And I know that it's hard. I want you to know I am always coming to you from a place where I am doing this work alongside of you and I'm right here with you. So I may be making time to meditate every day, to exercise, to make time for myself, but there are still moments where I feel like I'm going to blow a gasket because I haven't had enough for myself. I've been giving and giving and giving to others. And that's when I yell or my head pops off or I become irrational or I stomp around or I take things personally. That's a great indicator. When I haven't given enough to myself, I start to take things personally, which of course is useless and doesn't make any sense. We shouldn't be taking anything personally. Um, I start judging myself. I treat myself with less care. Um, you know, I'll do things to kind of sabotage my own healing and well-being. Um, do things that make me feel bad. No longer drinking, but things like, you know, eating a hundred cookies or a hundred donuts. I did that last week, guys. I mean, I sat in my car and ate like 30 donut holes. And I didn't even taste one of them. It was this way of like mainlining sugar as a way of medicating myself, which is an old pattern for me. And I hadn't done it in a long time. And I felt deep shame and regret. I almost knew that I did it on purpose as a way to make myself feel bad. And we all do that. We all have moments where we're like, well, I'm feeling down, so I'm going to just kick myself. I certainly used to do it with drinking, you know, um, I used to do it too with, with smoking, like, well, you know, I wasn't going to smoke, but I had one cigarette today. So I think I'll have 10, um, just to feel as bad as I can or whatever it is. Um, and you know, we all do that to a certain degree, but I want you to know deeply wholeheartedly that I am in this work with you alongside you. And today's a great example. I have been given the gift And I am so lucky to be leaving my house today and to be going to stay in a beautiful hotel room by myself. It is a gift from my husband. It was offered to me as a way of taking me out of the situation, allowing me to have some space and some time and to see the forest for the trees which I can't at all right now. And I think so many of us can relate to that. We are neck deep. We're hitting the one year mark of quarantine, of pandemic life, right? And even if some of us have traveled, you know, I've been so lucky to go to the mountains with my family twice. But um, let me tell you, I there's a lot that hasn't changed. We're not doing a lot of moving and shaking. Um, we're doing a lot of working, a lot of 
baseball practices, a lot of driving to and fro, a lot of cooking, a lot of mental gymnastics about what we can and cannot do, a lot of growing businesses, a lot of earning money this way and that, a lot of um, dealing with aging parents and all the stuff I've been doing for my mom. I mean, just on and on and on and on and on and on and on, right? And I haven't left my children in a year. I haven't been away from them or my husband for a night in over a year. Um, We traveled to Austin together, just Maddie and me, 13 months ago. That's the last time I've been away from my kids. And so many of you can relate to that. So I have a lot of anxiety about leaving. Even for a night, it feels deeply codependent. If any of you can relate to that, I feel anxious about leaving. I feel like even though the house and and our world is in wonderful hands with my very capable equal partner of my husband. I feel anxious about going away, about being by myself, um, about not being with them. Um, it feels very uncomfortable. And yet I know that it will be good for me. It's what I need. Um, I deserve it. I'm worthy of it. It's a gift that has been given to me that I have got to accept. How crazy does it sound that someone's offered me a night away in a hotel and I'm like, "Mm, can't make that happen. I need to go to Target. Um, Like I have been finding any excuse not to go. Um, But when I get off with you here and finish up, I'm going to go. And I know it'll be good for me, but I'm sharing this as a way of saying that it is really, really hard for us to uh, turn the attention on ourselves, to give ourselves the love and care that we need, and to step into our full worth about uh, deserving it and being worthy of it, no matter what it is whether it's a 30-minute walk outside alone or a night alone in a beautiful hotel room. um, It's very hard to step into our worth about it and to release guilt about what we are leaving behind, even if only for 24 hours. So I relate fully to how hard it is. And yet, I got quiet about it just in this last two hours after making excuses up about why I couldn't go about, you know, after I tried to move the reservation or cancel it, um, I exercised, I gave myself that time and time to think. And I was like, you know what? I am worthy of this time. I'm worthy of this space. I'm worthy of being in a beautiful room alone. I am worthy of eating what I want and not cooking for other people and not feeling guilty about it. I am worthy of having a night where I'm not helping put people to bed, making sure people shower, making sure XYZ PDQ and on and on and on and on and on and on till the end of time infinity. I'm worthy of some time away. I am worthy for every single reason. And even if I wasn't a busy working mom, I would still be worthy. Why? Because I'm a human. Because we all deserve time and care and love and attention. It comes in many different forms, you know. Um, We can offer it to ourselves in forms that are big and small. Um, And we are worthy and we have to be willing to do it. 
So coming back to how I started all of this today, this idea of self and about turning our attention to ourselves, caring for ourselves, coming back to ourselves, and this notion of the betrayal of self. What is that? Okay, so this is what I believe the betrayal of self to be or how I'm describing it in this context. It's this idea that when we have spent days and days and months and years with our full focus and attention on other people more than on ourselves, we have betrayed ourselves. We have stepped away from our authentic self, from who we really are, and instead of turned our focus outward. And we give and give and give and give and do and do and love and love and work and work all for the benefit of others. And it is so common. And even within that, we may be exercising, you know, you may be running five days a week, but have you really turned any focus and attention on yourself? Have you spent that time thinking and feeling and going inward and focusing on who you are, what you want out of this life and how you will move forward powerfully? Um, that's, that's the big difference is that there are a lot of women who are making time to exercise or making time for girls nights, drinking wine, but the betrayal of self is about seeking external validation for yourself through, you know, shopping or just consuming junky TV or drinking a lot or, um, gossiping or any of these things that like may feel good or fun in the moment, um, but that aren't really things that are filling you up. And it's also about turning all your attention to other people that you've made other people the priority. So the reason why I mentioned the authentic self and coming back to yourself is that part of prioritizing yourself and part of, um, stepping away from the betrayal of self and returning home to yourself, as I said earlier, is about really tapping into your authentic self, who you really are, what you really want. And as a friendly reminder, what is that authentic self? That is your inner voice, your pilot light, your soul, that voice that when you get quiet is there and you can hear it, it always shows up. It has the best of intentions for you. It will never lead you astray. And it is completely separate from the outside ego part of you, which is the part of you that is concerned with and seeking and desiring the external validation. Does that make sense to you? So I know it's a lot, but what we do is as busy working moms, we lead our lives sort of like we're driving a bullet train. We're on autopilot. We've got all these passengers who we are prioritizing. And because we're so busy and so fraught and so overwhelmed, so depleted, even if we're making time to exercise, 
we can tend to seek with our ego and the ego, by the way, lives in your mind. We can seek the fulfillment of these external things like the junky TV, like the shopping, like the drinking wine, like the gossiping, like the, all the things that feel easy and fun, quote unquote fun. And we don't make time to get quiet, which is how we come back to this conversation about meditation, about getting outside, about getting quiet, about tapping into your inner voice and about really coming back home to you, to your authentic self, which by the way, doesn't live in your mind with your ego. It lives in your heart and about really hearing yourself, listening to what you want and Dun, 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 the biggest thing. And one of the biggest ways in which you can show up for yourself and prioritize yourself by being who you are. And that is really right there. The gem, the foundation, the base of everything I talk about when it comes to prioritizing yourself, the way that I show up in my own life and the way that I show up for you in all the ways is by being willing to be who I am and by being willing to know that the time is available to me and also that I am worthy of the time, attention, care, love, and I am worthy of stepping fully into that and of leading my life exactly how I want to as exactly who I am. I know that's a lot to absorb and I know it's hard to connect the dots between being who you are and prioritizing yourself and therefore getting to the end of the road and coming up with inner peace as a reward but I'm telling you, they are all connected. Hear what I'm saying. And I will continue to talk about this. But this is a process, guys, ladies, fundamentally, primarily to you. I am speaking. This is a process of freeing yourself. This is a process, ultimately, of caring more about how you feel than about what other people think. And if you've listened to this, this podcast, you hear me say that over and over and over. And what does that have to do with prioritizing yourself? Because you are putting your own, uh, wants and needs and desires and your soul's purpose and who you are. You are putting yourself first. You are listening to your own inner voice above all else. And your inner voice, as I said, never steers you wrong and tells you exactly what you need to know. And she is there for you. She will tell you. So small example. Today, I got quiet with my inner voice when I sweated out. And she said, Grace, stop making excuses for why not to leave and do something nice for yourself that's been offered to you. You are worthy. Everything's going to be okay for 24 hours. Go, go, go. So that's a small example of listening to inner voice. Of course, the big example, as I spoke about last week, was about me listening to my desire to stop drinking, which my inner voice had been telling me for 15 years, but my ego was not letting me listen um, or act on it. So we all have it. 
you know, and it's this, this sort of, um, if you look at it like a number line, I mean, I'm such a visual person. I'm going to try and outline this for you that maybe in a way that it will be helpful. Um, and maybe I can continue to share it in this way, but if you think that at the beginning of the number line, which I think is what my third grader is doing in math, um, you start as an overwhelmed, maxed out mom. And then you start on the path of getting quiet to tap into that inner voice, your authentic self, to hear what it has to say what you want and you take more steps towards becoming and feeling worthy of what that is. And again, it could be anything, could be 30 minutes alone outside, or it could be a new career, doesn't matter, but you're working on stepping into the worthiness and then you step further along the line into the willingness to Make the time to do that and to put yourself at the top of the list, not at the bottom. You're stepping farther on the line, farther, farther down the road. You're carving out time for yourself. You are fully in your worth. You are making time for yourself. You are putting yourself at the top of the list and you do this little by little every single day, maybe even just the 21 minutes a day that I suggest, but consistency matters a little bit every day. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. You do a little bit every day, setting boundaries, saying no more, doing a short meditation, giving yourself time to yourself, getting quiet, listening to your voice, removing something that's external that doesn't feel good beyond the five minutes that you do it, all that kind of stuff. And guess what the reward is? The inner peace, the feeling good, the clarity, the connection, the listening to how you feel over what other people think. You are, you didn't even mean to, you didn't even know it. You are fully wrapped in self-love now, self-care. You are wearing a suit of beautiful self-worth and you feel great. There are going to be ups and downs, hills and valleys, ebbs and flows, even for me, you know, and I've been doing this work for two solid years every day, but we can do this. And I am here to show you how to do it at an accelerated rate. That's why the podcast that's why the coaching visit me, please on Instagram at I am grace beast. And I'm giving so many more free tools and tips and tricks about this. Um, and I've created a coaching program that I'm going to be sharing more that is called from maxed out to mindful. That is an eight week program for busy working moms to bring you at an accelerated pace from point A to point B. Um, And we're just going to do more and more of this because guess what? You are worthy and you deserve it. We all deserve it. And we are capable of doing this. These were my words today in meditation, capable with the breath in, willing with the breath out, capable with the breath in, willing with the breath out. Um, And it was so helpful and I feel great. And guys, 
I'm happy to tell you that I have a shower to take and a bag to pack because I am getting on the road for 24 hours alone and I am capable and willing and the show will go on without me. And, um, so I hope you get to do that too. If not in a beautiful hotel room that your loving husband offers you, then in your car which is where I usually am, or a quiet bedroom, or walk outside in the beautiful fresh air, um, or go find a trail to walk on, or any number of things, but give yourself some time, you deserve it, and gosh, I thought this would be about 25 or 30 minutes today, but off I ran with my mouth, so I hope it was helpful for you, I'm sending you so much love, big hugs, thank you so much for being here today, um, And I'll be back with you soon. Bye.